0: Good morning and good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the next edition of Dream Reality, a podcast series by Aiden Consulting, which focuses on SME growth, what the leader of a business should be thinking about, what they should be aware of, and what should they be doing if they're thinking about growing their business. So today, it's really exciting to have Claire O'Hanlon, MBE, if you please, a little bit in awe of that. Um, with us today and she is she has founded she is sorry the shy Pruner coach which is a really interesting concept and i really advise you to follow her on our social media which will be linked in the show notes so i hand over to claire to tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you end up being the shy Pruner coach Thank you, Alison. It's really, I'm really delighted
1: to be here chatting to you this morning. So, yeah, my name is Claire O'Hanlon. I am the shypreneur coach and essentially I help quiet women to start, grow and lead businesses that change the world. I have been working in enterprise and business development for 15 years now. So for 13 years of that, I was employed um, as a trainer and consultant. Working mostly with startups and some grown businesses as well, and it would cover everything from communications, leadership, personal development, all of that kind of stuff. And the one thing that I found during that time was that I particularly enjoyed working with women. That's why women—that's why I work with women right now. But um, the one thing that I found was that yes, the women had these great ideas, and actually they they knew what they needed to do, but there was a gap in the middle of. know between what they wanted to do and what they needed to do and what they were actually doing um and so i founded the shypreneur coach which was essentially based on myself they always say that you're your own ideal client so i was always the shy one growing up in school i was always shy even now i would probably still be the quietest out of all my circle of friends but even being quiet I'm still able to stand at the top of a room and deliver training. I'm still able to stand in a room with 300, 400 people and talk about the charity that I work with. You know, I'm still able to go live on my social media and create a business that I want and to do all of that. And I really wanted to let other people quiet women know that it's possible for them as well so I think society very much um praises the extrovert ideal and that's good to be always busy and always visible and always out there but actually there is another way so as my mum used to say there's more than one way to skin a cat and so that's what I do in um as the shypreneur coach.
0: I love that and I you know I, I think that you're absolutely spot on with the whole extroverted side of things and I've had quite a few conversations with coaches and different people over the years about you know the power of an introvert and the actual power they bring because they're actually listening and they're thinking and it's it's just such a different dynamic and so I love that you're really focusing on empowering these people to recognize that this is a skill not a hold back if you would and within your clients and you know how do you see that because you know as a coach and coaching has evolved very very broadly you know over the last five years and even in the last two to three years it's really really changed Mm -hmm. do you see that it's becoming a little bit more mainstream or do you see it's still really the focus of maybe the large corporates and the larger organizations that leadership um, is, I think
1: it's it's across the board. So like I have worked with startups for almost my entire adult career and all of them, it's, it's definitely a skill that they all recognize. And I think particularly in the last few years, it, leadership has become kind of a buzzword. And I wonder if perhaps the meaning of it has been somewhat watered down because of that but definitely for me in my experience leadership and in particular personal leadership so like being responsible for their own life and their own actions and how they respond to things is particularly prevalent across the board and like I'm trying to think of projects that I've worked on so last year I actually worked on a A project which was helping to facilitate the growth of emerging female leaders in third sector organizations. And like we had people there who were volunteers who had never held a leadership role before in their lives. And we also had people who were CEOs of small community organizations. So
0: it's definitely right across the board. And I think that that's really great because I, you know, I think that's empowering in itself that people recognize that this is something to investigate more and to, you know, explore more so that we can become more, you know, not better individuals, but, you know, more aware of how we impact each other, how we react to different situations and our experiences. And, you know, you're the champion of the introverted leader and in the SME community. What do you th- How do you think they need to think, or if they're going to grow their business, or they have, they're considering it, or maybe they have a little bit of doubt, or maybe they've already decided, yes, you know, there's great opportunity here. How do they go about that next step, or because a lot of them have a lot of self doubt, me included
1: yeah well everybody has self-doubt and actually um I'm glad that you brought that up actually because I didn't say in my introduction but I am the shypreneur coach but that doesn't mean that everybody that I work with necessarily identifies as shy so I go by Susan Cain's definition of shy which is a fear of social judgment and every person that I've ever met on the planet has been afraid of social judgment at one time or another so it's not just for, you know, people who sit in the corner biting their nails. It's it's everyone, and everyone has that doubt that sometimes. And it never goes away. And I think it's probably one of the things that annoy me about some of the things that you see on social media sometimes. Um, The coaches who are telling you, let's go and banish imposter syndrome and all of this. Because you don't banish it, you you manage it and you control yeah. it. So I think... um in terms of what introverts can do then is recognizing that introversion is actually on a a scale. So you're not, you're not the same level of introvert in every situation. So like you may be completely extroverted when you're with family or friends, like when you're in your grandmother's house, you may completely extroverted and you don't need that rest and that relaxation time after, Mm -hmm. whereas in other maybe work situations, you do need that. So I think it's all about the building that self-awareness and understanding of your limitations and your strengths and then building that into your business so if you are aware that actually back-to-back meetings completely wipe you out and that you're no good for a week after they have back-to-back meetings well then it's implementing strategies so that you're not having those back-to-back meetings It's um been able to build relationships so that you have collaborations with people who complement you so if sales calls mean that you know really trigger your upper introvert then you know have someone else who can do that for you and it's building teams really that as I said with people that complement you not that are the same as you because I think sometimes there there's the temptation to work with people who are the same as you and have the same skills as you and have the same personality as you and some people uh, some of the people that I work with would actually be quite intimidated by strong personalities but actually having a strong personality within your your team, whether that's a member of staff or uh, like a freelancer, can actually be really powerful in building your business. So I suppose things like that as well. Um, And as I say, work into your strengths. So like a lot of introverts actually would struggle as well if they're say in a meeting situation Mm -hmm. and coming back with a response straight away, they need time to think about it. So being prepared in advance for questions that might come up um, means that at least you have answers already there or even for a long follow-up time after. So committing to never committing to anything, you know, straight away and, it, and all coming back. And I actually, I read an article a while back that it was about, a, there was a research study done that said that the part of the brain that's responsible for your inner monologue is actually more active in introverts than extroverts. Which means that it's even more important to, I suppose, do the mindset work and discover the the stories and the the memories that lay behind that inner dialogue, so that you can then mm-hmm. change it and you know move forward.
0: So much to think about there, and and honestly, it's such a um you've just given me like a real light bulb moment with thinking about it as a scale, and you know I'm. I'm almost embarrassed to say that I can't believe I'd never really appreciated that before. But sometimes you need someone to just speak it and just to, you know, to do it. But you're absolutely right that in some situations we might be extroverted. In other situations where we're, you know, completely uncomfortable, that inner dialogue is really just absolutely you can't do this, the fear of it. And thinking of it on a scale and understanding, recognizing it, and then. Making a strategy on how to manage that is really, really key. And I love that it's just you know personally that's a real light bulb moment. You've just really simplified that down. It really concisely. And you know a lot of that is to do with self awareness. And you know some of us, you know, you self awareness and you know self work is maybe a little bit buzzy now. You know it's definitely a lot more. I started out working over twenty years ago. But, uh, and, you know, definitely self-awareness was nowhere on the agenda, you know, but then it's come in, it's come in and now, you know, it's, it's really taken strength and, you know, as, as different generations enter the, the, um, the workforce and things, it's going to be more, more, more driven. And how do you think that, you know, that's, that's, you know, Large companies and large organizations can do training. They can do classes and things for their employees. How can the small business help their employees or their leadership team on this, you know, self-awareness, you know, constant learning, their self-growth journey of their employees? How, How can they make that possible without, you know, maybe breaking the bank or, you know, really what where should the investment be be made yeah um
1: so i like to think of this a wee bit like like two circles or two balls whatever you want to imagine so the outside one is your business and the inside one is that this was that continuous learning and that self-awareness and that the close mindset um and if you imagine the two circles are connected by links that are immovable so they're stuck together so when one the balls expands the other one expands so when that internal ball gets bigger through greater self-awareness and more learning and development then the business grows as well so I think it's important to remember that it is actually important and your business is going to grow so it's worth that investment in the first place Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose different things that they could do for building awareness and it's something that I find that is definitely missing like when someone starts a job how likely is their the business owner or their employer to know what actually their personal aspirations are you know and by knowing those personal aspirations you can decide how to work together you can create more flexible working environments you can actually support them in their life and that means that they're more likely to stay with you as well because it's just reminded me actually I was working with a client a while back and like they're in the tech industry and she was telling me that one of the issues that they're facing right now is that with COVID and everybody working remotely, you have graduates coming out now who would have worked locally and, you know, been a great asset to the, these local companies, are now able to get jobs with Silicon Valley companies, paying yeah. them underground grand a year um, which you know, companies here just can't compete with. But actually, if you're building the person as well as their salary as well as their salary, um, then they're more likely to stay with you. So it's even just little things like that and implement things that don't actually cost a fortune, they can still work the same amount of time, even putting in place things like um where they're not getting paid for their time, they're getting paid for the, the work that they do rather yes, than the contribution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And if they do that in three days great and if it takes them five days to do it well that's okay as well and even that continuous learning as well so I suppose there it's even making sure that there is a culture of innovation within the company because that learning you know leads to greater innovation and a greater impact on their clients and it's making sure from the very beginning that they are aware of that culture of innovation you know having ideas generation days you know just away days and things like that again that they don't have to be expensive it's just communication you know within yeah. the organization and then that's self-growth so if you are investing in your own self-growth that's automatically going to inspire other people to be interested in in their growth as well and I think having that culture of personal growth within the organization is really
0: important mm-hmm. as well um, yeah I- Sorry, continue on. I've so your my mind is buzzing. I know I'm just I'm I'm realizing I'm just yakking away
1: here. No, it's great. (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, even things like having opportunities for reflection. So one of my favorite books that I've read recently is called Essentialism. Yes, I I just
0: finished that.
1: It's brilliant. It's really really good, and he talks about you know having that time for reflection as well, and. It's actually just sitting back. Am I actually doing tasks that are essential, or am I just doing tasks that I think should be done for the sake of doing them? And so that reflection time is important, as well as that there's having, you know, I don't want to say KPIs because it sounds too formal and I don't like formal, (laughs) but um, like monitoring, you know, so are you monitoring new ideas? Are you monitoring personal growth? Because, you know, what gets measured gets improved. So, even having systems like that where you are monitoring as you go along Mm -hmm. um, you know how close is or your staff to achieving their own personal goals or you know business goals whatever it may be so it's yeah just making sure that you are putting systems and processes in place as well that monitors that you are actually moving Mm
0: -hmm. and I love I love you know so many things I could touch on there from what you've just said but one of the ones that definitely um I resonate with is I don't buy into the work-life balance thing Mm. and I've never bought into it it is I think that it's work-life balance if you don't love your job yeah but I think that when you have passion and you love your job you have life balance Mm -hmm. and I think you kind of touched on that about you know what are you paying your employees for are you paying them for their time to sit behind their desk maybe on TikTok or Facebook because they finished their task or are you rewarding your employees based on tasks and actually what their their inputs and their contribution and I think that when you start to to rethink that then the world of opportunities really comes up and I think that we should really I'll get off my soapbox in a second but uh I think that really we should be throwing out the concept of the 1950s work structure of nine to five. Yeah. And it may have worked in the 1950s, but we're in a very different situation now. And I think that we're on, on the on the crest of the wave. And I hope that we're going to have that awesome surfer that's going to ride that wave and ride in the hybrid working. And really change the way the terms we use around the work environment, why we are paying a fixed salary, you know, open up to the gig economy, the consulting economy, but as well from a very conscientious point, because that brings in, in, you know, how we think about pensions, are pensions relevant anymore, should we be formatting them as something else, how do we look at healthcare And X, Y, and Z, all the benefits that that kind of go with the traditional 1950 work scope. So I think you touched on that and how it can evolve and really bring your employees together to a unit and attract employees so that then you can really embrace that, leverage their knowledge to develop your business.
1: Absolutely. I actually had put something out the other day, a post the other day, and it was like, you can create a business. It's totally okay to create a business that works around you so your life doesn't have to fit into the little pockets of time that your business leaves over. You know, you can actually create a business that works with you. And you're absolutely right. Like how we work right now is based on, you know, the industrial Age yes. when people were working in factories and, yes. you know, men were Plug working. Clock in, <laughs> clock out. Yeah, and life just isn't like that anymore. You know, we have two print two working families and, yeah, it just doesn't work anymore. It's outdated. But I think, as you said, we are kind of on that crest of a wave. And I think as bad as things may have been over the last two years, I think they've actually accelerated the, that process of moving. Mm-hmm pressing the wave a little bit quicker,
0: yeah. And and just on that, I mean, there's a lot of um, you know, Ireland economy is going to grow like nine percent in 2022 or forecasted. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but forecasted, you know, the UK is very similar. Um, and there's a lot of, of reports that we're going to enter, you know, a bit of a roaring twenties period after the the depression of the pandemic. How do you how do you see the you know the the introvert or the shypreneur embracing this as a time for them to really step up and make the most of the opportunities that are there yeah well tie that in as well
1: with the the last two years as well like the 1920s was a period of innovation which is exactly the same as now it must be something about every hundred years or something <laughs> or something but um yeah so like you can't even keep up with the latest iPhone nowadays I guess everything's evolving so quickly and that really I suppose has been due to the internet and other technologies that make things so much easier and the last two years have shown us that actually you can create a a global business from your back room which Mm -hmm. is like an introvert's dream you don't have to go out and talk to anybody (laughs) but um yeah like how many businesses have we all heard of or read about that you know were serving a local market and had to go online during the pandemic and mm-hmm. now they're thriving because they're serving customers all over the world mm-hmm. um and i think that works really well for introverts on like so many so many levels um the first one being that they can actually target clients from around the world now yeah. and they don't have to be physically in front of people and it's not as demanding on their energy because introversion isn't about being quiet it's about how you recharge your batteries it's not about where you get your energy but how you recharge um, after you used energy and i think now that they can access clients in a more efficient way <laughs> so they can have that downtime afterwards as well as that um technology now means that they're able to create business models that work more effectively around their introverted nature and um, so they can create that downtime like other people are busy nowadays that they, they just are and there's lots of opportunity there to create business models that work for your clients and make life easy for them while also making life easier for for you as well and mm-hmm. um, even now as well for finding out what customers want or what your clients want I remember reading that Henry Ford had said if I asked my customers what they wanted they would have told me a faster horse So (laughs) that kind of made the old surveys kind of a little bit defunct. Whereas now, you know, social listening, just have to watch what people are saying online and you know know what they want. And that's a really great source of ideas as well for creating, you know, a sustainable business with an offering that that people actually want and that they're willing to pay for. And they can learn so much about how to actually package that offering as well, Mm -hmm. and communicate it um, and what the needs of their clients are I think as well even when it comes to being visible so you know I remember going to an event a few years ago four or five years ago when when, that, when they were real events yes yeah, so when they were like people in a room <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there was a girl snapchat was a big thing at the time and the the girl there owned a business and she was all she was really big on snapchat and she was telling the people in the room you know you have to have your phone in your pocket all the time and you have to be live all the time and you have to post like 20 times a day and you have to do all of this and the introvert in me sitting oh yeah what? What? No. Whereas actually, now with technology, there's so many ways that you can become visible and you don't have to do what someone else tells you to do, like the gurus are all and you have to do this and you have to do the, do the other. But actually, you do what works for you and what works for your clients. So I love to read I hate seeing videos on social media and I never watch them I'm going to admit I never watch <laughs> never watch videos on social media I always go like if there's a blog or something like that so there are going to be other people like me so if I write yes. a blog I'm not going to read it <laughs> you know um so yes you do have to you know social media algorithms and things like that so you do have to do videos and you do have to go live occasionally but it doesn't have to be all the time and in, in your face you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not yeah. um because that's very much what I'm about as well, is creating that success without having to pretend to be somebody else. Because as an introvert, pretending to be someone else takes a lot <laughs> of energy. So, um, yeah, so it's using technology to come visible, I suppose, in a way that links with them and their personality. And even, again, for introverts and technology, I keep talking about the technology, but um, automations now, like being able to sit and schedule all of your marketing in, in in one or two seconds you know so you yeah. don't have to you know like physically available every day and um, setting up your automation so you've got your bots now on your social media you know you can send a reply to someone without being there get back yeah. to them properly later and um, your email sequences like everything is just made so
0: much easier now which is really a, an introvert's an introvert's dream <laughs> and these are really the things that you know to really when you're going to grow your business as a as small business and you want to you know go world domination these are the things that you know really should be leveraging that's where your, you know it's you know time and value you know where where is the value of your time where should you be focusing that and some people will love to do it and some people will be like absolutely you know can't can't deal with that can't do it can't do it it's just going to kill me you know and it's just understanding where you are and then leveraging whatever technology is out there to really streamline your processes yeah. to really make the best value of your strengths and recognizing your strengths. And that's where the value and the growth is going to become sustainable over a long term rather than just a little a little blip. Right? Exactly.
1: Like if you are in an industry where you need to be, you know, Posting on social media, because it's like there are some where that just may be what you need to do. Um, so as you said, it's recognizing your strengths. What can you outsource to someone else if yeah. that's not your strength? And I know that a lot of people, I know a lot of people I work with, they're afraid nearly to invest that money in someone else. I feel like they have to do everything. You need to spend there. money to make money speculate to accumulate and, and all of that you definitely you have to spend it and I know that it's scary but actually and I'll give a good example <laughs> from my own now I did set up the shape miracle Academy myself recently you know you know me <laughs> but it took me a long time but my course before that I actually got someone else to do it and she did in five hours but no joke would have taken me three weeks I only did it this time because I wanted to understand how it actually worked the process uh-huh. yeah now, I probably would have said that I couldn't afford to pay someone else to do it, but I did. And actually she saved me mountains of time that I was able to then work with clients, you mm-hmm. know, get the money in to yeah. pay. Me. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: you do, you definitely do need to invest. Yeah. It's that awareness thing, strengths versus time, where's the most value? And I think, you know, that's that's really the core of it, you know. Yeah. So this uh, podcast is called Dream Reality. So, looking into the future, if you had a crystal ball, and uh, how would you see the landscape playing out in a dream world? So, if the planets aligned, you know, how would how would the leaders of the future be? What would they look like? How awesome would they be? Yeah, um, they would just be normal everyday people. <laughs>
1: they would just look like. Me and you and you know all the people that we know, like in my career I worked with so many women who are just regular everyday women. They have fantastic ideas, but they just they are comparing themselves to that extrovert ideal. And because of that, they're not taking the action that they can. I know that they would be amazing leaders and that they their businesses would make so much difference to their families their friends their community you know every everyone around them so yes the in the future it would definitely be more introverted women who are regular everyday people showing up for their ideas and for the difference that their ideas can make yeah um, and it would be businesses who are Who genuinely actually care about the people that work for them and they're helping them achieve
0: their goals while the team help them also achieve theirs. Yeah, that's so nice. I can't wait. Can't wait to see world domination. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I introduced my daughter to, uh, she's five, to the Beyonce song of Who Rules the World. Well, Um, she's just running around school singing that now and it's just, it's hilarious. very, very amusing. And then I did ask for a couple of recommendations. Uh, So do you have a book or podcast that you uh, go back to or you'd like to recommend?
1: Oh, so many, so many. I was like, which one am I going to use? So um, I've just gone with one that actually probably had one of the biggest effects on me. It was a book called The Four Agreements. Oh, John Miguel Ruiz I think it's Mm -hmm. pronounced um I actually have four agreements written up on my board here they're like my rules for life now so agreement one is be impeccable with your words um two is don't take anything personally that has been a massive shift um don't make assumptions and always do your best which is the one that I teach to my kids all the time I don't care if you get all your spellings wrong so long as you did your best yeah so yeah definitely um my book recommendation and the songs again i don't know if i have one particular song i love so many but this past week i've been listening to the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack oh but that's really good one i listened to that one that's really good it's brilliant you can tell i'm a mom of boys but um yeah so guardians of the galaxy it's all the songs of star lords um walkman (laughs) so definitely recommend it it's good one 90s Music.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, love a bit of that. Look, Claire, thank you so much. I think it's been such a lovely conversation today, and to hear your perspective on minding your energy, the self awareness, the strengths, and how we can, you know, really leverage on our employee population to really for the development and the growth of the of the business in the long term. And you brought up some excellent points, and I just like to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was great. So this has been a Dream Reality podcast with Aiden Consulting. And we hope you'll uh, click like, click subscribe, and we'll see you next time.